faith in the Lord. Yesterday I celebrated the wedding I've been telling you about for the last few weeks. This couple who became engaged two years ago, they were going to get married last year, and they realized humbly that they needed to work on their relationship, and so they took some time, worked on their relationship, and planned to get married in early December, but then the groom got COVID. And the father of the bride was telling me, he said, you know, Father, it all worked out. You know, even, we paid for all those flowers, and they just went away, but this time we showed up at the church for Christmas, and there were even better flowers, and in a lot of ways it worked out better. And so the couple yesterday, they seemed relaxed less concerned about the details. They were just happy to get married. Um, And the groom at the reception, he he stood up and he said, you know, our relationship, we've had our ups and downs, but we trust God and we can feel that this is the perfect timing and we wouldn't change it for anything. God's timing doesn't always, though, seem so perfect. Perfect. In our first reading, God makes a covenant today with Abram. And he takes, God, he takes Abram outside, and he promises descendants as numerous as the stars. Well, if you keep reading in Genesis 15, the sun sets, which makes you realize that God told Abram to look at the sky during the day and, and, and to know that all the stars, that his descendants would be as numerous as them. So if you think about that, God is asking Abram to have faith in something he can't see. That the faith of Abraham is not in what he can see or can't see, but his faith is in the Lord. He himself even struggles with some things. He's like, well, okay, what? maybe, maybe I have to do this. And so he kind of takes matters into his own hands, not according to God's plan, and it doesn't work out so well. But in the end, by the end of our reading today, it's, it's actually six chapters later, as we, we have this thing put together, that Abram, he has a son, Isaac. And through Isaac comes all his descendants. So God, God fulfills his promises, but it's in God's timing. It's in the manner that God wants to do it. But he will do it. There's another interesting aspect to this reading, that if you keep reading... Genesis 15, that immediately after God makes this promise to Abram, he tells Abram to go and take these different animals, and he cuts them in half and puts them on like two sides of like a sidewalk. And Abram sits there and he waits, and at the end of the day, the Lord passes through the animals. The symbolism is that that this covenant this blood covenant between God and Abram and his people says that if you violate the covenant, then what happened to this an- these animals, let that happen to me. So if I break the covenant, may I be split in two and my blood spilled out because I violated the covenant between God and me. But what's interesting is Abram never walks through the animals. He never kind of makes the covenant. But God does. God 
makes the covenant for both sides. God says, if I am unfaithful, then let my blood be spilled. Well, God, God can't be unfaithful. God was never unfaithful. But God also, he goes through saying that if you break the covenant, then also let my blood be spilled. That God takes the responsibility for the covenant on his own shoulders. And so what is God doing here? He's fulfilling one promise with the son, but he's foreshadowing another promise. Now, we come to our gospel today. Now, Jesus is presented in the temple, and so there's, his, his circumcision had just happened right before this, or maybe it's the same time, but then 40 days after the birth, you know, you're supposed to bring the child and consecrate the firstborn to God. And the reason they do that is in the Old Testament, it was the firstborn who was the priest of the family for a time. That's how it was in Abraham's day, and, but it went up to the time of Moses. In the time of Moses, when the people worshiped the golden calf, God said, this isn't going to work. I need to, I need to do a different plan. And at that moment, he, he said, who will be faithful to the covenant? Who will be my priests? And the Levites stood up, and so the Levites became the priests, the Levitical priesthood. And ever since then, they would still take the firstborn, who was supposed to be a priest, but now is not a priest, and they would offer the sacrifice to God. God, we messed up the plan. We should have had the firstborn be a priest, and so we will offer him to you in atonement. So now we come to the presentation. So Jesus is brought by his parents. Now, Jesus is perfect. Jesus has no reason to atone for a covenant he's broken. Except that Jesus is fulfilling what God had done in our first reading. He's fulfilling his end of the bargain that his blood would be shed if we break the covenant. You could even think about it. Even in circumcision, you have the beginning of his blood being poured out. But the culmination will come when Jesus pours out his blood on the cross in the new covenant. And Mary, who is with Jesus, Mary, who is in the family of Jesus, she is told, you yourself, a sword will pierce, that you will suffer. That part of this covenant, part of this salvation, unfortunately, involves suffering. But through this suffering comes your redemption. That's a lot of theology. Why am I telling you all that? Because I think you can handle it. But also, to help us understand how Christ is the fulfillment of God's plan... Christ comes to redeem his family. Christ comes to redeem our families. Our families as well are invited to participate in the covenant of God that involves our own atonement, our own suffering. 
but leads to our redemption in God's perfect timing. Okay, a little more clear. Our families are the means by which God wants to save us. It is in his timing, and it involves suffering. Now, we wish there could be some other way. God, can't there be some other way? But we know God, who is perfect and always does things perfectly, that, he, that there must be no other way. This must be the best, the most perfect way for what he does and also for what he's doing in our families. Because there's times in our families where we look at things and we're tempted to believe that God's not listening. That we look at what's happening and it feels like God is not being faithful. It feels like God has walked away, so why should I stick around? If God's not been faithful, if God hasn't done good things in my family, why should I stay faithful? But God always fulfills his promises. God always fulfills his promises. And he is the one who comes to unite himself with us, that any suffering we go through, Jesus chooses to be with us in it. That Jesus takes on the ultimate punishment, so we don't have to, but that any suffering we go through, that he's with me. How does this play out? I'll, I'll, I'll share with you a glimpse of my own family. You know, you grow up in a family and you have all these, you don't, you don't think about it this way, but we have these expectations. We want to have good relationships with our family members. That's how we're made. I know in my own family, I didn't feel that great relationship with my own father. And he did, he did a lot of good things for me, good man, was the best he had. But in my heart, as a young man, I tried to avoid him because it was difficult. And I was like, it's just easier to avoid that difficulty. Well, in the last few years, I mean, things since college, I've really prayed for God's grace. God gave him to me and God's working through him to, to love him. Well, the last few years, he's had you know, Alzheimer's dementia. And it's like, well, he's kind of not there. So, you know, how can I, how can this relationship be reconciled? How can God make something good come from this? Kind of like Abraham in our second reading in Hebrews, it says, I'm old, you know, like how can God fulfill this promise? It's too late. But with God, it's never too late. God is always working for our redemption. And one of the, the ways that I experienced that was even this fall. This, there was one day where, I, you know, for the last few months I've been going down, you know, consistently every Tuesday to, you know, help my mom with my dad. And there was one Tuesday, I don't, I don't remember what, what happened exactly, but I didn't go. And I noticed that day, the day that I would usually go and see my father, is I noticed something happen. I was, I, I noticed in, in my heart a desire to go be with my dad. 
and it, and it felt so strange. And I realized that it was the first time in my life that I wanted to go spend time with my dad. I felt like, I felt like the Grinch in my heart grew like three sizes or something, you know? And I, I realized that God's redemption was still happening, that even though my dad can't talk, he, he doesn't know what's going on, but we still have a relationship, that I still have my love for him. And I noticed I actually, I, I love him, that God has brought healing to our family in, in a way that's different, but a way that's beautiful. And so now we come to today, well, we still have problems in my family, not, not just with my dad, but there's other family members, you know, you don't, I won't get into specifics, but you know that there's, there's difficulties, there's frustrations, there's disappointments, and there's things you look at and you say, well, there's no way that's going to be redeemed. Well, that's too late. That, that's a great cause of suffering. However, seeing how God has worked in my own life already, seeing how God works in the scriptures, who God, how God is always faithful and fulfills his promises, he's going to do it. That he's going to redeem my family. He's going to redeem his whole family. Not in the timing that I think. It will involve suffering. Not just my own suffering, but, but when people we care about suffer, like Mary and Jesus, that, that a sword kind of pierces our own hearts too at times. But somehow that's all part of God's perfect plan. And that yours and I, our faith, my faith is not in me making it happen. My faith is not in what I can see. My faith is in the Lord.